Welcome to Sightly's Breaking Through the Mayhem podcast. This is it's been a long, long day, right? Uh, we've been here for a while. Uh, we've been doing different different things, being on stages, and it's been a lot of fun. But you know, as as I've told you guys all day today to the listeners, we're we're talking a lot about marketing in a time of constantly shifting risk and opportunity. It's it's a struggle for all of us, and we are very very lucky to have with us today. Somebody I've looked up to for a while, and she doesn't even know I know her. Um, so, you know, listen, when you're, when you're an outsider and you're a vendor in our industry, you pay attention to a lot of the great people who drive the dollars that go the other way. And I've watched Diva move up the ranks of the industry, and it, it's well-deserved. So let's give our, ourselves a, a fake round of applause for having our friend Diva with us today. I'm going to kick it over to you, Diva, to tell everyone about what you do, um, what your role is. And we'll jump in. Wonderful. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Um, I was born in digital 23 years ago, fell into the industry not knowing what the heck I was doing, um, fell in love with it very quickly. Um, I'm currently at Dentsu. I've been at Dentsu for about four and a half years now. Um, In the last six months, I transitioned over to lead brand assurance globally for Dentsu and brand assurance is our term sort of catch all for media responsibility. So very much um, centered on what we're talking about here at this conference now, brand safety and so forth. Also um, aspects of sustainability, extending the diversity conversation, philanthropy, data ethics, you name it, we think about it. (laughs) (laughs) So so your job is very easy. It is. Yeah. We don't do anything ever. So, (laughs) so, so starting with just a little bit about your job and then we'll jump into, to more, you know, do you feel sometimes lonely on an island in your role or do you feel lately like it's becoming more integrated? Obviously it's becoming more profound, right? Yeah. Now you're starting to hear that. And I've been asking this too. So I'll throw this in as a follow up to that. Like you never thought you were going to be in this role. 15, 20 years ago, because there was none of this exactly. discussed. So mm-hmm. how have you taught yourself? How have you embraced it? Um, and how have you done a good job of kind of bringing things together within your organization? Sure, sure. So for the first part of your question, um, sometimes it can get a little bit lonely, but that's when I tap into um, my talent as a bull in a china shop. <laughs> I kind of just elbow my way into meetings and conversations and Um, repeatedly explain why it's important to think of safety and to think of doing good, right? Because you're right, this time that we're in right now, um, these are crazy times, crazy times. And it was weird kismet that I was um, asked to take on this responsibility because I do have a bit of a history uh, of being an activist, um, just way back in like my family roots, my personal roots. So cool. Um, So it really, it's, it's, been a lot. It's a difficult job, but it's super gratifying that I've been able to focus on um, on on doing what's good, 
and building sort of practices around it. Very cool. Yeah, very, great. very cool. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and focusing on that, you know, jumping into more of a conversation around brands, right? Obviously, Dentsu's, you guys are amazing, right? One of the things that I think makes Dentsu great is a lot of the reports you guys put out, you guys do a phenomenal job. We read them all the time on how, how brands think and why they think. So you guys use very, very strong data to be able to make a lot of the decisions that you guys do, which I think is, is unique, right? In terms of your, like, how do you see brands being able now to navigate the speed of culture and the tendency, frankly, for people to align with their own values versus what a brand thinks about. So how, how do you guys think about that today? Yeah. So first of all, thank you for, for your observation. It's very important that we at Dentsu are data-based and science-based whenever possible um, so that we can, you know, track goals and we can have everything be measurable and we can interpret data on the back end for any goal that we try to achieve. Um, so the answer to your second question is um, it's, it's, we got to be careful these days, right? Because, um, yeah, the narrative is always changing. The news cycle never stops now. You know, it used to be, my husband and I used to joke um, years ago that um, when you turn on the news, maybe on a Friday afternoon, and like every channel had something about a shark sighting, like <laughs> off the coast of Long Island, like, oh, okay, the week is done. The news cycle has died down. But that doesn't happen anymore. Like everything is breaking news on every channel, you know? So, um, do you so think it's, it's, it's because difficult. there's so many more sources today that we feel that way, right? Or do you think it's actually become different? I, I, my, our perception and mine at least is that people have become more aware. Mm -hmm. I think, so I think that's good and bad, yeah. right? Yeah. From an awareness standpoint, but then you have the side of it where it's sad to just see so much negativity, right? Yeah. So how do you guys at Dentsu think about opportunity when there feels like a lot of risk out there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yes, I, I do believe people are more aware. I do believe there is more access to uh, what is happening. I won't always say news, but there is definitely more access. Um, uh, creation of content, as we've been saying all week, um, has become democratized. There's just a lot more out there. I do believe to a certain extent we as um, Americans, but also uh, we as humans, as the, as the human race, we're used to this sort of constantly being locked in, you know, a state of panic, um, which is, um, it's uncomfortable, but it's also an opportunity to have these difficult conversations. It's also an opportunity to create processes and to decide how we are going to react, how our clients are going to react, so we don't get caught in a, in a position, hopefully, where we are behind the eight ball and have to make things happen very, very quickly. And, and I think it's that's a very interesting concept that you bring up about not being behind the eight ball. But you actually just heard me. And I, I really do believe that uh, brands also need to give more of a benefit of the doubt to a lot of their agencies, too, because, frankly, you guys are learning with them along the way. Right. When, with so much change. How do they expect you guys to know all the answers? So what what do you focus on when you're learning? Mm -hmm. Like, where do you go to learn? Where, how do you educate? How do you educate yourself? Like would be would be how I think about it. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's a great question. Um, I educate myself by trying to uh, limit my intake of, of information to things that are not opinion, 
things that are fact-based and using sources that are middle of the road and trustworthy. Um, yes, I do personally love a little bit of scandalous news content. Um, I have, <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, yeah. And I have a long history of loving celebrity news specifically. It's like the ultimate escape. Um, you know, whenever you don't want to think about your life anymore. Um, so, but it's, but it's important if I'm building a framework for a client, um, that we tap into, uh, middle of the road, that we tap into fact, that we tap into science when we can, um, and exclude any of the chatter from outside see, and, and be ready to have those you, conversations. You brought up a really, really good point. I mean, obviously, how do you do that if you don't have a better strategic way of onboarding a client, mm -hmm. right? So for me, what I think um, is a lot of our conversation today, and obviously not to be selfish about what we do here at, at Sailey, but ultimately, our belief is that you need to get back to humanizing a brand the way they are broken down today, right? People look at competitors, influencers, different things, but what we haven't done well is put all that into one place. Right. And I think, so I, I think that that's the place to create more opportunity. That's just our, mm -hmm. you know, belief, obviously everyone's going to have their own belief. And I think as you, you join our podcast more, hopefully, and we, we get to know each other, I'm open to, to very different opinions. Mm -hmm. And I think what's critical, right. Is that we figure out a way to, not look at opinion-based news. I, I I understand that part of it, but to get to a place where we all can have the conversations, because what, what ends up happening is then we start focusing on ROI, right? Right. And I was there Tuesday at the amazing DEI day, and and once you start focusing on ROI, and let's just say that doesn't happen quickly, people people tend to give up, mm -hmm. right? So in a world where ROI drives the fact that marketers are getting let go faster and faster than ever. Mm -hmm. How do we have those balancing conversations about consistency of these important topics, right? That's something yeah. that, that keeps me up all the time, right? Yeah. So how do, you, how do you think about that as you educate your clients? As my grandfather used to say, that is the $64,000 question, you know, that you have to have the hard conversation. You have to be brave and you have to start we are the agents of our clients. It is our responsibility to approach them. We can't always sit back and be reactive. I agree That's with that. one of the things that we at, we at Dentsu try to do. Always, you know, be proactive in informing our clients of situations, uh, making recommendations. You know, we don't make anybody do anything ever um, because we are a client-centric business. Um, but yeah, the only way to really do it is to have the brave, have have the 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 courage to have the hard conversation. How long have you been at Dentsu? Been at Dentsu for uh, a little bit more than four and a half years. So let's say you were there for 11 and a half years. Yeah. Let's fast forward a couple of years. Mm -hmm. What would you hope that data that we're missing today that could help make this better? Like if you had a, your own opinion on a piece of data that you think's missing, what would that be? And it's a hard question, but it is it is a hard question. I, I wish I wait. I don't know what this even is. I just, you know, find myself wishing for this all the time. I wish there were some sort of consumer sentiment meter that we could tie to macroeconomic trends, for instance, or political trends that would I don't want to say help us predict how the conversation in the country is going to go, but would make us a little bit more informed. So we should when talk. it does. Yeah. Yeah. So we should sound, talk. Does that sound familiar? Very familiar to, to us. Yeah, like, <laughs> and that's that's part of the point that I think I was trying to make today in all these conversations with people is obviously I want to talk less and let you give your, a lot of your opinion. But when I think about a lot of these things, we've gotten to a place where we're starting to put people in, in buckets 
in a way that I actually think is what we we didn't want to do. Right. So I actually think what would make the world a better place and media is a big driver of that. Yeah, obviously no fact. You want to know what's factual. You want to know all the things we're talking about. That's a huge point because think about it, right? Something that bothers me may not bother you. Something that bothers you may not bother me. So how do you judge that based on your own specific perspective is to me the key for what we think. And I think that's the type of metric. And I think one of the things we think about a lot, this is why I'm happy you're bringing this up, is that we should be working together on those things. I think what happens is a lot of the time you have the agency, you got the brand, you got the, and everyone's like, do you got the perfect thing yet? Mm -hmm. I think what we all need to do is get together and agree on what we believe together. And then you can get to a place to start to build those things. Cause a metric like that, a lot of people have to believe it. Right. Yeah. So you have to be able to say to your clients, Diva, like, I believe that metric and here's why. Yeah. Right. So I think ultimately um, I agree with you hundred percent on that. How you get there is going to be, is going to be the trick, but mm-hmm. you know, thinking about that in, in closing. Right. And obviously I don't want to, like we discussed, I would never put you on, on the spot at all. So, but give me an example of some influencers or brands that that you love, mm-hmm. like people that people that make you make decisions, people mm-hmm. that when you wake up every day, you're like, yeah, that drives my decision. Right. Right. So I'm going to answer this sort of two ways um, because I'm a Gen Xer. I have some opinions <laughs> that um, some younger listeners might not understand. <laughs> um, so because I'm a Gen Xer, I can say I love brands like Tide and Bounty and Hellman's. I know they're different manufacturers, but I'm just saying because my mother loved them and because my grandmother loved them before that, right? So in the history of this country, so legacy matters to you. Yes. yes. And um, I don't know that I've ever really stopped to understand why I love these, you know, these <laughs> Sounds like brands. you love those people and yeah. that matter to yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Kleenex and, you know, you, you name it. Um, I don't know that I really understand why. I just know that I do because I believe like that my mother knew what she was doing, right? So that's the first half of the answer. The second half of the answer is um, around influencers. And it's different for me because, again, I am Gen X. So influencer is sort of new. It didn't always exist. Um, I I like a, a good mix of, of folks. I like my traditionals, like uh, Oprah and her favorite things. <laughs> um, but I also enjoy Aisha Curry. Um, I also, um, uh, love Dylan Mulvaney, who is really big on TikTok right now. I think she's super brave. Um, so it's a really good mix of people, um, that I will listen to. Do you find yourself to that point, making more decisions on what you buy lately based on what a brand believes? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I do think that that has to do with, again, my history, um, around activism. Um, I tend to rely heavily on my moral compass and I recognize that and respect that in other people and other brands. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, listen, this was a very unique conversation that we're having today on Breaking Through the Mayhem. And thanks, Diva. Seriously, thank you for being so open. Thank you for being so real. Um, and I hope to get to know you even better over yeah. the next couple of months and Absolutely. years. Absolutely. That would be wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. You got it. Hi, I'm Joe, one of the producers for Sightly's Breaking Through the Mayhem podcast. We want to thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want to learn more about the guests we had on today, we included additional information about them in the show notes. Finally, if you'd like to be on the podcast or if you know someone that would make a great fit, you can fill out the form at sightly.com forward slash podcast. We hope you have a great day.